Welcome to the Practical Magic Podcast, a weekly dive into ways in which we can live a calmer, more creative and empowered life on our own terms, full of vibrancy and entirely unapologetic. I'm Kate Taylor, Life Design and Empowerment Coach, and I'm on a mission to help you live a big, bold and beautiful life through my blended melting pot of goodness I call Practical Magic. So welcome, 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 Practical Magic listeners. I have got the wonderful Vix Harris on the podcast today. Vix is a feminist artist who's passionate about celebrating the strength, diversity, and beauty of women internally and externally. But particularly relevant at this time, Vix is here to share with us why self-care and creativity are so, so important, not just in times of lockdown, but how we're able to tune into creativity for self-care in our lives, but particularly relevant right now. So Vix, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. I wondered if you could share a bit more with the Practical Magic listeners, a bit about yourself or your backstory and why you do what you do. Okay, so um, I've always been creative. I come from quite a creative family. Um, and I went through the whole thing of doing art at school. I did art A-level. I went on to do a foundation course and then ended up doing a degree in textile design uh, in, at Winchester School of Art. So I was very lucky because I had parents who supported me, who um, you know just wanted me to do whatever made me happy. So I went through the whole artistic journey as it was. Um, and then I graduated and kind of got a bit disillusioned because I found out that when you actually become a textile designer a lot of it is not that creative because I was um, creating patterns for things like um, interior furnishing so things like curtains duvet covers etc and I did a couple of stints um, at a couple of companies and found out that actually it was quite prescriptive they kind of told you exactly what they wanted what colors they wanted what the flowers had to look like etc So it was all kind of, you know, I'd had this fantastic few years of just doing whatever I wanted and creating all this amazing stuff and then kind of got into this industry where it was more about being told what to do. So that was a bit disappointing. Um, So at that point, I just kind of um, decided to see a bit of the world, went off to Australia, traveled around Australia on my own for a year and then came back feeling really kind of energized by that and wanting to do more traveling um, and my sister had recently done a TEFL course teaching English as a foreign language. So I thought, oh, I could do that. And then I could just go wherever I wanted to go and, you know, teach English. And so I did that in Barcelona. The course was a month long and my first job was in South Korea and 20 years later, <laughs> still doing it. Uh, but at the moment I'm doing online English teaching. So that's one of the part-time jobs that I do. Um, but yeah, so I kind of stopped drawing and painting and being creative after I graduated. And there was a space of about, I would say maybe 12 years where I did nothing creative at all. I think the only creative thing I did was take photos of my travels. Um, And obviously went to art galleries and things like that, but didn't really draw or paint or do anything. And then I was teaching in Vietnam uh, for a year and I was living in this kind of little fishing village. Um, and I just, I suppose I had the mental space and the, and the physical space as well to start thinking about drawing again and being creative again. Um, so that's what I did. I just started uh, doing basic line drawings and patterns and things like that. And then from there, it just kind of snowballed, I suppose. I started the 50 Rebel Women Project in 2016, I think it was. Um, And that was a project that was basically to help me, really, because I wanted to get better at what I was doing. 
So I wanted a project where I would produce one piece of art per week. Um, and I wanted something that was inspirational to me to keep me focused and to keep me engaged. So um, I, I chose women who inspired me, you know, from the past, from the present. Um, and I just found a photo online and decided to illustrate that photo. And to kind of hold myself accountable, I posted them on Facebook each week and, and started an Instagram account. Um, and there were going to be 50 of them because that, you know, there's 52 weeks in a year and I wanted to, for it to last for approximately a year. Um, and as, as I kind of started that, people started sharing the designs that I'd done and people started asking if I sold prints and that kind of thing. So that became um, something that still kind of has legs now, really, like people still share some of my designs and stuff. And they are incredible. <laughs> That's how I found you. And I was like, That's I how need... You found me, yeah to have this woman in my life because they are amazing <laughs> go and find them yeah yeah so that that was the thing i think um for, from an from an artist's perspective i think it's very i think people assume that if you're if you've always been creative that you're always going to be creative um there was a big chunk of my life where i really didn't do anything and and then when it got back into doing it it was it was this kind of nervous thing of like oh you know what if i've lost it what if i can't do it anymore um, so it was quite daunting to, to, to start again, because I did feel like I was starting from scratch. Um, but it was interesting because I kind of did start from scratch. I kind of developed this style gradually over a period of maybe about a year or two years, which now is my kind of, I suppose, signature style. Like a lot of people look at it and think that it's done digitally or it's done by a computer, but it's all hand drawn. Um, and it's, it's something that helps me because, because I don't plan anything beforehand. I just put pen to paper and start drawing. It's the actual process of creating something that is the thing now that I really value. Whereas I think before when I was at art college, for example, the process was this thing you kind of had to get through in order to get the results. And then you were always kind of focused on what the result was going to be. Whereas now for me, it's more about process of it that is the pleasurable part in a way and the result doesn't really matter I mean it's not it's not very often that I produce something and say oh my god that's awful and tear it up but equally I don't necessarily say oh my god that's fantastic <laughs> because it's not the end result that is the thing that I'm focusing on that makes sense totally and it's interesting actually because um the last podcast interview that i had was with donna easton from life shine mm. and we were talking about the fact that what happens as you as you go through like we're we're born creative we're mm. every single human being yeah. walking this planet yeah. is creative yeah and what tends to happen with art particularly or any kind of creativity is that we're born completely unencumbered we can paint outside right. the lines we can do whatever we want to do and then we have to keep within the lines literally right. and metaphorically don't we yeah. and then that has an impact on our self-expression, our creative expression of who we are. We go into factory settings of having to conform as we get older. And like you say, you go to art college, which is your experimentation years, but it mm. has a mean to an end. Yeah. And I think that's why so many people like, well, as you've, you said there, and then you go into an industry of creativity and I'm using right. finger waves here because right. it becomes a commercial aspect, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's not very often that you can go through life just creating because you want to create. No. No. And then what happens is that we either 
put it to one side because we say, well, that's something that I did when I was younger. Mm. Or we say, well, I can't draw or paint because I can't do it like X or exactly. Y or, you exactly. know, it's never going to be perfect. Right. And so what I'm finding really fascinating about this time and why it's so great that we're having this conversation is that in these periods of lockdown, the thing that is really resonating and I'm seeing again and again and again is not like the restrictions of how to do things properly is creativity this is the thing that you are we are seeing everywhere that people are needing for their mental health for how they express themselves when we're put into our literal boxes of our homes Mm. creativity is a thing Mm. that is keeping us our mental health well it's allowing us to express ourselves like what are you noticing about this time in terms of how people are able to or giving themselves the permission to be creative yeah i think it, i think it, there's definitely been a, a noticeable difference in the sense that people who wouldn't call themselves creative are now creating things and this is this was one of the things that i got really annoyed with I mean, even when i was teaching english you know i wasn't teaching art i was teaching english i was um for example the last english teaching job i did abroad was in singapore and i would have classes of 18, um, seven-year-olds, for example. And occasionally we would do little kind of, um, you know, they'd have to draw a picture to go with their writing or something like that. Or I'd ask them to do some kind of activity that was more creative than just writing, you know, using English. It would be some kind of art activity. And it was incredible to me, the number of children, young children, like six or seven-year-olds who would say to me, oh, I'm rubbish at art, or I can't, I can't draw, or I'm not creative. And you know, that what the, one of the best things about that job was being able to sit with them and say, I disagree with you. I think that drawing is lovely. And just to see the, the kind of, you know, the way it lit those children up, just to, just to think that, oh, actually, and, and you know, they would do it with their English as well. Sometimes they'd say, oh, you know, my vocabulary is terrible. And I'd say, well, I don't agree with you. I think, look at this story you've just written. So I think I, I really struggle with that thing of, you know, and, and recently I've come across a few people who have said to me, oh, you know, I, I loved art at school, but then this teacher said this thing to me and I stopped doing it. And I just thought, God, that's not the point. You know, this is not the point. Like you said, every single person is born as a creative, you know, and it doesn't have to be something like a painting. It could be like I made a wind chime the other day. <laughs> Because I had this thing, because I, I, you know, usually I do draw. I just had this overwhelming feeling to actually make something, like physically make something. And I brought these, um, <laughs> I'm one of these people that if I go out for a walk and I see a nice looking branch or something like that, I'm like, right, I'm taking that out. Um, so I had bits of wood in this bag and bits and pieces that I'd saved. And I had like old jewelry that I'd cut up and all this kind of thing. So I just sat on my floor for, I think, maybe three or four hours listening to various podcasts. Um, and made a wind chime. Um, and it was just so nice because it was, it was the texture, it was the feeling of the, of the wood, it was the texture of the beads, it was threading the beads onto the thread, it was the sound that it made when it all got put together. And I think the problem is, is that a lot of people think, like you said, creativity has to, you know, it has to look like something specific or it has to be put perfect or there has to be no rough edges or you know, it's not about that. It's about the process of starting with something. Make, basically, it's about making something from nothing, isn't it? You start with nothing 
you go through this really interesting process and you come out with something that you've made. And for someone to say that's good or that isn't is, is complete. I don't see, I don't understand that whole concept of, you know, you know, when people say, um, oh, I don't really go to art galleries because I don't really know what I think about the paintings or I don't really know if it's good or not. Uh, and I just say, it doesn't matter. It's up to you. When you look, when you stand in front of the painting, how do you feel? Do you have an initial feeling of, oh, I don't really like that? That's fine. Just because it was done by Picasso doesn't mean you have to like it, right? So I'm very, when I go to art galleries, if I don't like something, I walk straight past it. I don't stand there and pretend, oh, this is interesting. You know, I, no. But if there's something that I love, then I'll stop and I'll really stand in front of it and look at it and think, what is it about this that I love? Is it the colours? Is it the textures? Is it what it's kind of suggesting to me? And I think this is the problem with art in a way is that people think they have to have some kind of training or some kind of knowledge of it to have an opinion. And you don't. It's not, it's not you know, it's become this kind of elitist thing. And, and it isn't. It's everybody has it within them. And, and, and I think the other thing, I'm probably going off topic a bit now, but um, the other thing that I found really important for me in this time is my immediate environment. So, for example, in my studio, I've got a spare room, which is kind of a studio with a desk in it. And um, I have a big court board. And I went through the other day, one of my little jobs that I gave myself was I've got this bag of postcards but that have been collected from all different art galleries and museums that I've been to in the last maybe 20 years. And the, the beautiful postcards of different pieces of art and they're just sitting in a bag. And I was like, right, I'm gonna go through those and I'm gonna pick out the ones that I really love and I'm gonna have them on my wall. So that every time I sit down in my studio, that is what is in front of me. So I took maybe about an hour to just pin up all these different postcards and you know pictures that really inspired me. And now I have what I call my inspiration station. <laughs> in front of me but it's just I find that that has become more important to me now more than ever is every time I walk into a room it's like okay what can I do to this room without necessarily spending any money or you know just might just be moving something around or you know finding a, a photo that I really love and putting it in a frame that kind of thing but it's just that thing of I need to have beauty around me I need to have things around me that inspire me that bring joy basically what you're describing here which i absolutely love is the full sensory experience yeah. so before lockdown we were running around distracted yeah. all of us running well the majority of us yeah running around being busy doing all the things and how many times Vix? i'm sure you've had the same conversation where you were just like oh if only i could just have a breather yeah. And we would put the two weeks holiday that we would go away somewhere. And that would be our space to be able to slow down, to take stock, to think about our lives, blah, 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 blah. And then we'd come back and we'd make all these plans and then we'd never put them into place because we're running around a million miles an hour. And what you're describing in the period that we're having here in lockdown is your connection to a sensory experience. Mm. So when you're talking about making that wind chime and you were saying how it sounded, how the yeah. wood felt, how those feel, yeah. when you're threading it, what happened to your central nervous system when you were doing that? I completely calmed down. I was focused on one thing and it was all about just, just I think, I think, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, it just, 
centered me. I was completely centered on one thing. The other thing that I'll quickly throw in, which I know I'm going to talk about at some point, this is the first time that I've turned all the notifications off my phone because the first week or so of lockdown, it was lovely that people were getting in touch, don't get me wrong. Um, but I just, it just kept going off and I'm the kind of person that I just, I can't kind of, you know, there's some people who like, they hear a message and then they kind of leave it cause they're busy and they'll go back to it. Oh no, I can't. No, it is like <laughs> so tapping me on like, the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So after the first week I was like, okay, this is not going to work. This is just stressing out. So I took every notification off my phone and that has made such a difference. And so when I come to do things like that, like making a wind chime, I have no distraction whatsoever. Now for me, it doesn't, it's not the same for everyone, obviously, but for me, I love listening to podcasts and I love having that in the background it's more sometimes than music. So I'll put a podcast on and I usually listen to really meaty ones that are at least like an hour, maybe two hours, you know, and I feel like I'm learning something as I'm producing something, but you're right. It's, it's that thing of touch you know you know even smell like I bought a bunch of flowers the other day and, and they're opening now in my living room and every time I walk in that's what I can smell is these lilies you know and it just makes such a difference because we don't notice the senses when we're no. busy no. we're in our heads so the head is just thinking 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 what have i got to do next filling you know and that's where we get anxiety yeah yeah you're thinking about the to-do list aren't we so we're yeah. constantly distracted so coming into a space where like you say you're turning off the notifications you're coming into a sensory experience it allows us to be able to slow the f down in every mm. single area of our life and bring those other attributes of ourselves online yeah also what you were saying about there about environment like environments everything yeah so environment it has the biggest influence over our whole our, our physical existence our mental yeah. existence emotional so if we haven't got uh, and this is really i guess is 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 really paramount for us at the moment because we are in our homes yeah you know yeah. i'm looking yeah. at the space that i'm in and i'm looking at a <laughs> I'm looking at a chest of drawers which is is falling to bits and I'm like that's just making me feel like shit I don't want to be looking at that it's got a pair of pants hanging out of it you know like I I, for me it's really important in the space that I'm in when I'm able to give myself the headspaces to have things to be able to just look at and give you the literal breath so that um pin board your inspiration station must just yeah. be like when you're having a moment where you're just daydreaming mm. must bring in all those memories mm. of all those places that you've been to and the mm. art and the travel and the things that you're inspired but it doesn't have to be much does it that we can no. do to bring creativity no. into our lives no and i have to say i have a lot of experience with this because i have lived in 10 different countries i think and a lot of the time um, the accommodation that I lived in would go with the teaching job, right? So for example, when I, my first job was in South Korea, I moved into this little flat and I think the only furniture that it had, it had a bed obviously, but there was a television on the floor and I think that was pretty much it. <laughs> so I am brilliant at making a space feel like home. And nine times out of 10, what that means is basically just putting some photos on the wall. Like I'll have photos of my family and my friends, the people that I love. And then I'll have um, maybe a few quotes that are inspirational to me. 
um, some beautiful art or something bright and sunny, you know, but you can do that in any space that you're in. So it doesn't have to cost money. It doesn't have to be something which is unobtainable. You can just find some, I mean, I cut things out of magazines all the time. Like I was reading the Sunday paper um, and anything that looked kind of spring-like and pretty and, you know, I, I just cut it out. And I thought I'm going to put that somewhere because I just love, I love England in the spring, basically. So yeah, anything like that can really, really help to lift your mood. I think this is a great conversation for those people who are listening in, who it's, it's interesting because when, when we first went into lockdown, I was hosting some online sessions and I was pulling the practical magic cards. And for three days in a row, I am not even joking. The space card came up again really? and again and again. Yeah. And with the conversations we were having around that people, you know, if you're in a, if you're in a home where there's a lot of you there, and you mm. might be living on top of each other. It was one poor woman who had suddenly had a husband and two adult mm. humans and, you mm. know, four of them living in a small place. And she was like, mm. the only place I feel like I can go get some space is in the toilet when I locked right. the door. Right. And this came up in my group coaching program and we were talking about creating sacred space in your home. Yeah. So if it is just a nook somewhere that you can put something that inspires you that you can get a frame of reference on and mm. it might be that that's your favorite place you went on holiday that you can when you're looking at it you can go into the memory of it so you can connect to the senses mm. you know you can connect to the smells of the sea and whatever that is mm. anything that's going to bring you online from a sensory point of view I think it's just so important for this time. You so know, you've you know got... what you just, sorry to interrupt, but you know what you just reminded me of? <laughs> when I was traveling around Australia, I, uh, I picked strawberries for two and a half months because um, it was basically the only job that I could get. And I was staying at this hostel in a place called Maruchidor on the Sunshine Coast. And my space was the top bunk of a bunk bed for two and a half months. That was it, right? Um, and part of the reason I was picking strawberries was because I really, really wanted to save some money to go to the Whitsunday Islands. And I wanted to do a kind of barrier reef, you know, tour or whatever. Um, and I had this postcard and it was one postcard and it was a postcard of the Whitsunday Islands. And that was stuck next to my bunk bed. And that was the thing <laughs> Bring, oh, yeah. that would get me inspired and think I'm going there and I did at the end of the two and a half months I went up to Cairns and I did this amazing tour and, and sat on the beach that was in the post yeah. well so that's the thing that, that's, that's, that's what that reminded me of for me you know in the work that I do with visualization when when I'm getting people at the beginning of our journey together I get them to have a full sensory experience of what it is that they're wanting to bring into their lives mm. and, and, and like a hundred percent of the time they get it hundred percent mm. of the time because what what we're doing there is that you're anchoring through the senses mm. the where you want your energy to go that mm. so you're creating the sensory experience and the brain doesn't know the difference between real right. or imagined so the brain's kind of doing this heat seeking thing of oh where can i get to that sensory experience so it's absolutely incredible because yeah you know you put that postcard up there you are sat on the beach it's great so what is it so you've been doing some amazing um Arts that you're sharing for other people to help them throughout this time of lockdown to help as we're saying come into this sensory experience to slow down to be more present can you share a bit more with us about what you're doing 
Yeah, well, I think I think something that shifted for me personally through all of this is that I, I've had, I'd say the last two, three years maybe, I've been kind of trying to work out what my art is in, in the sense of do I want it to be a business? Do I want it to be this full-time thing? I'm not sure, right? And, and I think I was very much influenced by what I was seeing on platforms like Instagram and Facebook and and I think I was kind of persuaded by that, that I should somehow make it this full-time thing, right? Um, and since the whole lockdown thing and this whole situation that's, that's going on, I think what I've done is I've basically stopped listening to other people and said to myself, but what, you know, why do you do it? What is it that you want to do? What is it that you want to get out of this? And because of that, a big kind of weight has lifted. And now what I'm doing is I'm purely creating the things that I want to create, that I enjoy doing, that give me joy. Um, and instead of kind of thinking, oh, but you know, is it going to sell? Or, you know, am I going to make any money out? Da, 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 da. Not to say that, you know, people who are selling up, great, if, that, if that's what you want to do. But I think uh, my focus has shifted somewhat and now it's more about the process like I said to you before it's the process of actually creating the work and when this started I, th I knew I'd have to have some kind of project on the go because I'm one of these people who needs some kind of focus I can't just be kind of getting up each day and going oh what shall I do today <laughs> you know like there had to be something again that was going to hold me accountable that was going to keep me focused that I was going to enjoy doing um, and, and, you know, over the last couple of years, people have said to me, oh, you should do colouring pages, you know, da, da, da. and I thought, yeah, yeah, I could do that. So it was, it was an idea that I already had in my head, I suppose. But again, like you said, I was, you know, daily life was too busy. I never got around to it. I didn't prioritise it. Um, so when, I suppose when this started, I was thinking, I know the benefits that I get from drawing and colouring. And I know how it calms me down. And I know how it can just get you to focus on one thing take all the distractions away and nine times out of 10, you feel better afterwards. So I thought, well, I could do something like that because just doing the black outline to my designs actually doesn't take so long. So it wouldn't be a huge, you know, it's not like I'd be working for hours and hours a day to make them. And also um, I just know the benefits of just sitting and coloring. And I know some people don't feel confident enough to maybe draw their own design, but if you've got the design in front of you, then sitting and colouring is actually really relaxing. And you can do it while you're listening to music or watching TV or whatever it is. And also, I know obviously there's a lot of kids who aren't at school at the moment. I've got four nieces, varying in age from 15 down to six. Uh, and, and, you know, they're, they're all relatively creative. They all quite enjoy colouring and things like that. So I thought, well, if I do a project that's focused a bit more on girls rather than women. So they could be women, but maybe they started their achievements or whatever they're famous for at quite a young age. So Greta Thunberg was the first one, for example. Um, but I wanted something that where, you know, if parents were doing it with children, that the, the women would be, they could go off and kind of research these people, find out more about them. And I wanted them to be inspirational in some way. So that, for example, Anne Frank is in there. Um, Simone Biles, the gymnast, you know, and if you dig a little deeper with with any of those women, you find out that they've overcome. Well, obviously, with Anne Frank, we know what the hardships that were, right? And she's obviously she was in a very similar, well, worse situation that we're in now. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to find um, 
people who are inspirational but you know people can i basically send them the pdfs they print them off they color them in and it's just really nice to get some feedback you know some of my friends are sending me the ones that they've done and they're doing just a really lovely job and and most of them are saying you know that really helped me to calm down i gave myself a bit of me time today to do this and it's that thing of just i think women in general you know in particular um they're always kind of checking that everyone else is okay first right we're always kind of feeling like we should be responsible for other people and how's everyone else doing and can i do anything for anyone else so just taking you know 30 minutes a day to sit quietly or put some music on or and just color something that actually does make you feel a lot calmer and just and at the end of it you've got this beautiful you know portrait that you can then put on your wall and decorate your space with so what i'm loving about this and what you're sharing and and as you're talking i'm thinking about my my best friend jen and her two daughters who just love things like um the books about rebel women Mm. and just how amazing that regardless of how old you are as a woman as you're connecting into the drawing and the creativity you're connecting into the energy of the spirit of that exactly exactly you know yes exactly and that's that's why i'm very i think with the rebel women project as well i purposely chose you know certain women that i just knew i say for someone like maya angelou for example um you know, you can't, if you're, if you're spending hours drawing around her portrait, you can't do that without thinking about her. Without it's her aura. Exactly. It's their aura. Exactly. exactly. Yes. And I, and I always, I look at some of my designs and think, I don't know if you've you seen the one that I did of Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. That one, I get such a good response on, but I, I look at it and I think I couldn't, it's really interesting because I think I've said to you before, I just start drawing. I don't plan anything, right? I just put pen to paper and get on with it. So I have no idea what these things are going to look like in the end. And that was, a. I just looked at it and I just thought I couldn't have done anything other than that. You know what I mean? And it was just, and I think it's such a, they do turn out to be these expressions of the women who are in the portraits, I think. And I, and I like that idea of other people sitting down with that person to color that page and to think about that woman as they're coloring and to think about what they went through or what they achieved or, you know, and it does, you do feel that kind of connection with someone who went before you, or, I mean, it could be someone who's living now, but some of them are women who've gone before us and kind of broken the mold and done these amazing things. And we wouldn't be here without them. And that I think is also really important to focus on because this is the time where I think, I mean, someone like me, who's, I, you know, I'm in a very privileged situation. I'm not, I haven't lost my job. I'm, I've been furloughed. Um, you know, there's no one in, who I love is ill at the moment. Like I'm in a very, very good situation. So I think it's important to kind of connect with people who've had these really tough times and realize that everyone kind of has a tough time at some point in their life. No, no one gets away scot-free, right? So I think it's that thing of, it's not about how you deal with the good stuff. It's how do you deal with stuff that comes along and throws us off and makes us feel anxious and depressed. And, you know, what, what are your coping mechanisms for that? And colouring can be one of those things that just helps you to feel better. Yeah, 
I love it. And I, I think what, uh, what I'm getting a sense of as well is, as you say, you know, the women that you are sharing the designs of, whoever it is that you're picking to do or doing a, a drawing of or colouring with, it's a reflection as well of our internal struggles. Because like mm. you say, none of us get away with not having struggles in our life. You'd have to be well, would you be lucky? I don't know. I, my struggles have made no, me who exactly, I am. Exactly. So actually, it's like you say, it's like what you do in those moments of the shadow, what you do in those moments of lockdown, what you do in these periods of time, when, we, when we're gifted, we're gifted this time and space mm. at the moment mm. to feel into these things. The strength of that woman that you're connecting with through creativity mm. is reflecting something about the challenge or the struggle that you've had within yourself right. and how you're going to come through this adversity or how you're going to what you're going to learn from this. What was it about that woman that is within you that right. this creativity is allowing you to express? Right, exactly. Like it's deep. It goes deep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love but that's, it. That's why I can't just, I'm not very really good at just like, I don't know. Um, I have to have, I can't just, if I'm going to focus on something like that for such a long time, it has to mean something to me. I can't just like draw a picture of a tree or something. Do you know You're not I mean? just going to do a butterfly from one of those, <laughs> you know, mindful colouring books. No, no. And the <laughs> Not that there's no judgment if that's no, what exactly. Doing, there's nothing, totally there's cool. nothing, nothing wrong with that because it, again, it's the process that that is the important bit. But I think um, sometimes what I like to do as well. I mean, obviously, it depends on. I'm trying to think of some of my rebel women. So, for example, someone like Oprah Winfrey. Um, if you kind of draw that or colour that as you're listening to a podcast about that person or listen to that person being interviewed, then that's even more, you know, more of a connection. Um, so, I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, in, in the, the coming weeks, there'll be a couple of people included like that who you can, I mean, obviously you can find interviews with Greta Thunberg and um, Malala is, is one of the ones that I did, Malala Yousafzai, you know, but I, I purposely chose younger women because I want to inspire younger people and to say to them, look at these people who are around now, you know, who are making this difference, who are making these changes these are the people we need to support and get behind, you know? I think this is really brilliant for if any of your listeners um, or any of the listeners are those parents who are really struggling with the structure of homeschooling, that something like this, where you're connecting into art, you're connecting into um, current affairs, you're connecting into history and you're hearing about that person whilst you're doing it. Oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) Right. I'm I'm sending literally every single one of these over to Jenny. Jenny, if you're listening, (laughs) just so you know, this is what the girls are going to be doing. Homeschooling. (laughs) (laughs) I want to learn as well. I just think it's fascinating and such a a great way for us to connect more because sometimes when you're learning something, because we're such um, sensory humans, you know, Mm. we learn through, a combination of things some of us are kinesthetic some of us are visual Mm. some of us are auditory some of us gustatory and when you're connecting into so much more it's like that that anchoring Mm. it would be it's a really fascinating one isn't it how people learn and I bet if somebody was connecting into doing a piece of art and then somebody asked them a question about it they'd be so much easier to reference yes you're right you're you're exactly right I can look at some pieces that I've made 
and I will remember the exact podcast that I was listening to when I did that piece because it's just stuck there because I was drawing as I was listening and those two things then became connected. Yeah, you anchored it in. I love Mm. it. So where can people find out about these colouring pages? I know I'm going to put a link up into the podcast notes, but you're sharing these out, aren't you? The templates. I am. I am. At the moment, I am in the process. Well, I'm not in the process. My friend Jen, who is an amazing tech wizard, is in the process of um, creating a, what do you call it? An email mailing list a mailing list so what i've been doing up to this point um people have been sending me a dm on on my instagram account so vix harris art you can dm me on there basically just give me your email address um in the dms and then i will send you the six pdfs at the moment but i'm planning on doing one a week and you know i'll probably just continue whether we have a lockdown or not to be honest um and if i don't continue with that particular project it'll probably evolve into something else but yeah you can message me um at vix harris art on instagram or uh facebook same thing vix harris art but once i've got the mailing list set up then what i'm planning on having is is people being able to subscribe on my website sign up to the mailing list and then they'll kind of automatically get each new piece that comes out great okay well like i say i'm going to make sure that i put all of the links up on the podcast place so page so people can access that and we can access more of our self-care our sensory experience and get ourselves some space and presence during this time of lockdown so that when we when we open the doors again or the, when the doors are open that we remember that at this time what it was that really helped us mm. in all areas of our life Mm. in all areas of life because you know as i've been sharing and hearing from a lot of people it's like the decisions that we make now the non-negotiables of what we're taking from this time and what we're going to be taking forward because there's no going back right going back so we get a reset button hopefully it's a it's a reset button you know yeah so yeah what we do in this time and how we choose to spend our time now is going to really help us when the doors are open again yeah the the other thing i want to quickly throw in is that um i think for me personally and i think for a lot of people at the beginning of this and probably still even now uh people have been feeling very kind of you know overwhelmed by by the whole thing um and maybe feeling they're not really able to help in any way or they don't know what to do to help or you know whatever i do it's too small it's not big enough um, but, but last week I connected with um, a lady on Instagram called Lorraine Lewis, who runs something called the Lewis Foundation. And they go around to hospitals in the Midlands and they give out free care packages to cancer patients. So people who are in hospital having cancer treatment um, and they go around and basically give out these care packages of things like magazines. And, and we connected on Instagram And I started chatting to her and I said, do you think your patients might like some coloring pages? And she said, oh yes, they love coloring. That's one of the things that really relaxes them and gets them, you know, focused and takes their minds off things for a bit, you know? So we've connected now and I've I've sent my coloring pages over to her and she's going to print them out and put them into these care packages. So that's not something obviously that I planned to do with this project. It wasn't something that I set out to do, but I think it's very important to remember that Doing something for yourself, if it's something that, that, that helps you and makes you feel better, 
that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad reason to do something. You're doing it for yourself, but you don't know at a later stage how that thing that you're doing for yourself might help other people. You don't know who you're going to come across. You don't know who you're going to connect with. So don't be put off by thinking, oh, but it's selfish. You know, I'm doing it for me. It's, you know, it, that's fine. If, do what you need to do to get through it, but also recognize that that thing that you're doing for yourself might also be helpful for other people. And, and equally, if you do decide to do something little, don't say that it's not making a difference because, you know, anything that you can do, whether it's like checking on a neighbor or phoning a friend or whatever it is, even if it feels really small, you still made a difference to that one person. So that, that's something that I've, I, I knew it, um, what's the word, intellectually, but I think now this um, situation has helped me to realize that it, it, in practice it is actually true as well. So, Well, can you imagine a world where we look after ourselves, so we've got enough for us, and then the more that we've got for us, the more we can share. Exactly. In in terms of what I mean by that is not from a, you know, a, material, a, perspective. An material yeah. perspective. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Not from a material perspective, yeah. but from a spiritual, emotional, mental yeah. health point of view, when we're looked after. And this is why, you know, my mission to light up a hundred thousand hearts mm. is if I can, if mine's lit up and I feel like it is because I'm mm. on such a mission to do what I do. Mm. And the ability that I have to be able to help other people, if right. they can then do that, how what the knock-on effect is lit up hearts all over the world who are coming from a place of being here to serve others and be of help in the world. Right, right. You know, and and so that is particularly around this time. If you've you've got strung out parents or you've got anxious children or mm. whatever that is giving them, giving us the tools to be able to look after our self-care so that we can then go out and help other people in a world that's quite help. You know, there's a lot of helplessness out there at the moment. Right, right. You can't pour from an empty cup, right? So you have to to make sure that you are taken care of first. And I think that's something, again, that women in particular (laughs) really struggle with, you know? Really, yeah. around after other people. And this idea that we should be selfless and that we should be constantly checking on others, you know, that, that's something that's um, ingrained into girls, you know, at a very young age. It's not about you. It's about everybody else. What does everybody else need? And it's, it's taken me, I'm 45 now, it's taken me this long to realize that it has to start with me. It has to be me first. Am I okay? What do I need to do today to be okay in order to then, like you say, check on other people and see if they're okay. But you've got to make sure that your mental health is up to it first, that you're feeling calm and grounded and, you know, whatever it is that you need to be able to then go and chat to other people. And sometimes that means turning your notifications off. And sometimes it means not answering the phone. And sometimes it means, no, actually, I don't fancy a Zoom chat this evening. Maybe next week, you know, get back to me then. But I was one of these people who constantly said yes to everything, was always feeling responsible for other people, was always running around how can I fix this what can I do you know and it's only in the last maybe year or so that I've realized that that actually is just exhausting and overwhelming and you just end up feeling crap basically yeah yeah so that's been a a big learning curve for me yeah and you have a lot of ill depleted burnout people and what then tends to happen is that you know as we've got at the moment 
the thing that I'm, I've been talking a lot, especially in the expansive empowerment sessions that I've been um, creating is that if we're not mentally well, the physical effects that has on the body and yes. particularly affecting the heart and affecting yeah. the lungs, because when we're feeling stress, it, it attacks the central nervous system, attacks the adrenals, it attacks the heart, which then is responsible for the lungs and, and, and our ability to feel well. Mm. So we have to, you know, better mental health means better physical health. Right. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. It, it physically, I got to a point where I was just so tired every single day. And I just thought, what is wrong with me? You know? um it makes such a difference and just something really simple for example like just doing 20 minutes of, of yoga in the morning you know i go to bed earlier now which means i get up earlier um you know i turn turn screens off at about nine o'clock at the latest um read before i go to bed bed by 10 o'clock you know it just makes such a difference to get a decent night's sleep um and just have those little things in place that, that might not suit everyone, you know, it's, it's all about what, what's good for you, what, what works for you. Um, but for me, definitely the whole notifications turned off on my phone thing has made a huge difference. And I can't believe it took me so long <laughs> to realise. took a pandemic fix <laughs> for this to happen. Hey, never going back to that again. I'll tell you that for nothing. Do you know what? I've got one. I've got one that keeps popping up and I talked about this so many times, but it just makes me laugh. Is there's one that comes up. I've got, um, because I've got a Mac, I've got the, the news notification that comes Ugh. up. I really need to learn how to turn it off because it keeps coming up every morning with Corona news you might oh, have missed overnight. I'm like, no, overnight I was resting, restoring. I don't need to have that pinged up so that I can go straight back into fear thanks exactly exactly and i think it's it's so it's so all-encompassing you know i mean i try and obviously you want to keep up with the news and see what's going on but for me i would say once a week possibly i check i don't have a television so i have to physically kind of go online to see what the news is um but i think you know i I think people maybe sometimes feel guilty for doing i think no it's about your well-being and if it's too much for you then just don't you know just just leave it just give it a time because really no one knows what's happening no one has the answers no one knows when or you know when all this is over as people keep saying nobody knows that so really it's about coming back to yourself what do i need to do in this moment to make myself feel calm and grounded what what do i feel like doing that's going to help me here and nine times out of ten that is not switching the news on you know no, nobody ever felt better by switching the news <laughs> going, I wonder what coronavirus news I've missed overnight. Oh, oh I feel so ready for the day. <laughs> <laughs> right, my lovely. Thank you so much for your wonderful wisdom and my all pleasure. that you're sharing during this time. It's, it's just such a gift. So thank you so much. And like I say, we'll be sharing out all of the links on the podcast page. So Practical Magic listeners, you can go and download yourself a powerful, brave woman yes, to get colouring and uh, bring <laughs> some of that essence of empowerment yes. into your life. Yes. Love it. All right. Thanks, gorgeous. Thanks wow. so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Practical Magic podcast this week with me, Kate Taylor. If you do enjoy the shows, do head on over to iTunes and hit that subscribe button. That means that every time there's fresh Practical Magic content, it will get delivered straight to your devices. You do not need to do a thing. And if you have enjoyed this episode or any of the other previous episodes, 
do head over to iTunes, hit the old star ratings and maybe leave a little comment as well. It really helps to connect to other listeners out there who are in for a big, bold, beautiful life.